and welcome back. <laughs> welcome to the Hillship Podcast. My name is Tiffany Ellis, and I am here with my co-host, Jennifer Logan. Lo, what's good? Nothing much. I love seeing you. you I should. miss you. I'm a whole vibe, dog. So I feel like you should. <laughs> Welcome back to Hill Shit Podcast, family. Hi. Hey, guys. How does Lo do it? Hey, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> 2022. We are um, into Black History Month, February. Uh, what's today's date? Like the third, fourth? I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? But it is Black History Month 2022. Very happy to be back recording. Um, and we are in part three now. This week is going to start part three of our parenting series. And this week we're going to be talking about step parents. Are you ready? So ready. My God. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I want to recap, but before I recap, um, let's talk about a few trending topics. So first thing is I, we need to do a little bit of digging y'all in case you are someone who follows like the news and stuff. I know I was telling Lo before we started recording that I saw India Ari post something about um, Spotify and the whole Joe Rogan, you know, young thing. I don't know a whole lot about the situation. Um, or about what was said or the implications and how we should be responding. But I want to be responsible. I just haven't had the time yet. So for now, I do appreciate that our audience gets to connect with us in this way on video. Because for most people, they have to either go to YouTube to watch video or um, some other outlet. And so we allow our, well, we have the option to give our viewers the chance to see us or listen to us um, by using Spotify. And it's been very beneficial for us. My dog is going crazy in the background. Sorry. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um for now we're on spotify y'all but if you know what's going on with 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 this whole situation y'all can weigh in and let us know what you think lo do you know anything about the situation no i'm i'm like you are heard but i don't know enough to form an opinion and i don't want to do that i don't want to be silent but i don't want to say what i don't know yet so we're gonna work on it yeah, so we'll we'll wait to see. Um, we've been talking about parenting. So that's this new series, not series, but yeah, this new series for the podcast talking about parent-child relationships as it relates to my high school self. And um, I started, we started the conversation talking about single parents. Um, and then last week there was an episode about um, motherhood. We called it Dear Mama. And I was telling though, you know, um, when we were recording the episode, like I had rolled out all these notes and I had these things I was planning to talk about. And then we started recording and the spirit just kind of led the conversation for me. And what I planned to talk about didn't quite end up going exactly as I planned it. But I um, did say some things I think needed to be said. And then after we got off the call, I was feeling kind of, I don't want to say down because down might not be the right word, but I was feeling emotional, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I just needed a moment to kind of process. And I was trying to figure out why do I feel so emotional? And then I woke up the next day and I was like, oh, wow, this is the 18th anniversary of my mom's passing. So there was something about that time spiritually that I was feeling that I didn't really I guess correlate with why the, the conversation kind of went the way it did. And for a couple of days after the conversation, 
I had to really sit and reflect and just process the different emotions that were brought up by having the conversation. And even from some of the listeners, I've heard people like text me or like I've talked to folks who listen to it and they were kind of like, you know, this episode caused them to feel a little bit emotional too. I don't know how you felt after recording it low or if you had any thoughts or any of that, but if you want to share. Yeah, not as. I think I I felt like I needed to say things and I was glad you told me, Lo, you need to go say that to your mom. Did you say that to your mom? Go tell her that. Um, So, and then also had to think about why does my child keep narrating her story like this? So it was more a reflection on me. I had to look at the man in the mirror. Or the woman that's in the fair. Mirror. That's fair. Yeah. Does it, you know, it, it's it's so interesting to me. This journey has been so rewarding because it has allowed me to remember things that I had kind of suppressed. So when I first started this season, I can just tell you that some of these things, these conversations we had, I hadn't thought about them since high school, right? Mm-hmm. And so as I'm talking about them, and I, and I have to say this too. I've been in therapy for a while. So like even with being in therapy for years, some of these conversations I hadn't had since high school, some of these memories I hadn't even thought about since high school. And so as I started to think about these things, all kinds of different emotions came up. But I think the the thing I'm most grateful for is just seeing how much my thought process has evolved over the years, Um, recognizing Mm -hmm. and remembering how courageous I was as a young girl, because I don't think I remembered my story the way that I see it now. I feel like my story in my head was about a young girl who was a victim of so many different circumstances and she fought as hard as she could and did the best she could, but she um, wasn't necessarily the victor in many situations. And then now I look back over myself and I'm like, wow, Tiff, like, so you got pregnant and you still kept fighting and you still kept going to school and you still had good grades and you still, like, and I see myself so different. And I'm like, it's boost, it's boosted my sense of self. It's boosted my um, feelings about myself as it relates to how I like persevere and how I solve Mm -hmm. problems. And like, it really made me feel a different thing about myself that I didn't feel when this conversation first began. So our very own black history moment. (laughs) (laughs) And it is true. And it made me see myself like, did you say that? And why did you say that? Mm -hmm. Because I don't remember saying it and I'm not denying it, but now I want to know what made you say that? Why, why would you say that? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. isn't it so fascinating? Like when you think about things, hindsight, they say hindsight is always twenty twenty. So as you look at things from the position you sit in now with different lived life experience, you get to process stuff on a totally different level that you might not right. have been able to process it on at the time. Right. And get to say sorry, because I'm like, if I did say that and I don't remember but I'm not, <laughs> not I, and I have to, I don't remember saying that, but if you said I said it, yeah. I apologize because no, that's like she said, I said something about her boyfriend, something to the fact that I, girl, I was like, I was like yeah. oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For my highly religious folks, y'all might be like, oh, turn it off. Listen, like y'all. So real quick, I'm going to say this. My my spiritual self has been really 
working with my physical self the last like year or so, right? So I've been getting very still and paying more attention to my spirit self and the messages that the universe like sends me about different things. And sometimes words are highlighted for me that mean so much. Like I don't always understand what the words mean at that moment, but the words are highlighted and they keep coming up in different ways. So I know those are words I need to focus mm-hmm. on. And I don't know if I said it last episode, but one of the words that definitely hit me came to me, has stuck with me and keeps coming back to me is community. And that word just keeps like showing up in different ways, in different mediums, in different places. So I know that community is the theme of this year. But then today I was doing, what was I doing? I was reading a book. I was reading Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health by Rashida Walker. It's a really good book. Um, and then I was also watching something and there's a word it's, um, Sankofa, I think is the word. And it means like to go back and get, or to go back and remember or something to that effect. I'm going to start looking into it now and better understanding the principle. But as that word came to me, and as I was reading this book about black mental health, it made me think about like, in some forms, the importance of going back to get your childhood self or going back to remember um, the things you experienced or going back to um, sit in your different, um, yeah, experiences. So you can like get the nuggets. You can get the things. Cause sometimes when we're in transition, like when you're living life or going through something, we have a habit of wanting it to be over with, right? Like, let me just get through this. Let me just get to the next thing. And I think we miss the opportunity because of whatever reason to really get experience the moment and get the thing. That's why I think I don't remember a lot of things. I don't remember birthdays. Like I'm talking about miles. I don't remember. I think I was just moving too fast. I had to get (laughs) to the next thing and I didn't sit down and I didn't catch nothing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We do this most like when you're in a battle, a test, a trial, a um, growing phase of life. Cause I'm learning that our lives sometimes are cyclical. So they go in cycles. Right. But like we, I feel like we do this most when we're in battle in transition and test, and we're just like, oh, God, just get me through, just get me through, get me through. Like I can't tag, you know, it's so much that we are supposed to be getting from these experiences. And this year I've made an intentional choice to try and slow down. So even mm-hmm. the transition I'm going through right now from one position or role within my company that I work with to the next one, I'm like, okay, so you went through quite a bit in a little bit of time in this one department. What were those experiences meant to, to, to give you? Like, how are they supposed to shape you as you come out and go into this next thing? How were those experiences meant to be valuable to you as you transition into this next thing, right? And I'm trying to make sure I pay attention to all of that because it's for a reason, right? And I don't want to have to be five years removed from the experience trying mm-hmm. to go back to get the nuggets when I'm right here right now and I can take a moment to be present and really absorb all of the things that were given to me, really handed to me on a silver platter um, as I'm surviving and thriving through this experience. Right. And to ask the question in the form of like, what is happening for me instead of to me? Mm -hmm. For me. Ooh. So many times we say, what is happening to me? No, what's happening for me? Because Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is going to work in my favor eventually. Just kind of What a lovely (laughs) friend. 
<laughs> yeah, I love that. I've been reframing a bunch of stuff. So that's the really that's a really good loving refrain. What is happening for me right now? Oh, I love that. That's dope. Come on, Zen. Hey. <laughs> All so for you- the word. <laughs> so, so as you can hear, you're thick, you're in the thick of heel shit podcast, right? Now, do me a favor, y'all. If y'all love this message, and we're about to get into into today's conversation, but if you love this message, if you love the platform so far, don't forget to hit that plus button and subscribe to the podcast so that you're notified each week as we drop new episodes. We release new episodes every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, yeah, it's weekly. It's a weekly thing. So you get to hear from us and love with us and own us every single Sunday. And I tell you, (laughs) make it a part of your, um, your Sunday routine, like listen to the podcast while you're washing the dishes or making Sunday brunch or while you're cleaning up and just really like take a moment after you're done listening, reflect on the message journal. If you need to light a candle, take a bath, just make this a whole heel shit experience because this is really, this conversation is meant to make you think, right? Um, And maybe even challenge some of the things you might think and then help you to explore different ways of seeing things and I don't know, heal some shit, right? That's the the overall goal. <laughs> right. Um, but as you listen, do us a favor, make sure you don't judge. It's so easy as you're listening to our stories to be like, oh, she said what? She did that. She, you know, it's easy. That's the easy yeah. part. Um, I think that's the most predictable outcome, but it takes a very um a very creative person to actually just think and listen and ask questions and be inquisitive, right? So if you don't agree with something, ask yourself, why don't I agree? And let's talk about it. Join us on our live conversations and and let's, you know, commune with one another, but try not to judge because we do ourselves a disservice in community with one another when when we choose to judge something someone else has said. Um, As Lo always says, we tell real stories with (laughs) <laughs> not for real names. <laughs> we tell real stories with not so real names. I'm sorry, using the first I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and we do this so we're able to maintain confidentiality because we're not trying to put focus on the person. We're putting the focus on the story, the lesson, the experience, and so that's why we choose not to use real names whenever we discuss situations. And it's just that's what it is, right? Um, and last but not least, but the gospel, if you listen to this podcast and you find it like to be beneficial, like we said earlier, make sure you share it with somebody, um, just help spread the word. Because if you think about the fact of being, um, a promoter, right? People trust you. They trust your word. They trust your, um, opinion. And so if you say, this is a really good podcast, the, the folks who trust and love you might listen to you be like, Hey, we need to listen to this. And so we're trusting you to be an external promoter of our brand and get the word out there so that folks um, fall in love with heel shit like you did, okay? I know. I'm so loved. (laughs) Yeah. So um, if you haven't been following the parenting series, go back and listen. Like I said, the first episode was talking about single mothers or single parents. I talk about why I specifically 
address single mothers more than single fathers in the episode. So you have to go back and listen to it if you are feeling a way about me continually saying single mother. Um, but then after that, we talked about um, the parents who are present, our moms and what they go through and some of how children might tend to treat moms in the mother-child relationship or dynamic mm -hmm. and how that complicates um, raising children, right? And so this week we're going to talk about dun, 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 step parents. <laughs> oh. And let me start, let me start by saying this. We may have to come back to this conversation because the original intent from Lo and I was to have Tasha join us or another therapist join us. And we're, we're definitely going to have a therapist sit in on this conversation, but comma, because we want to honor our commitment to the community and make sure that you have an episode coming out on Sunday. We are going to start the conversation based on our personal experiences. This is one, though, that I think deserves to have another expert present. Mm -hmm. um, I say this, I'm not a therapist, but I am a lifeist, meaning I've experienced a whole lot of and I have not just experienced it I've survived a lot of things. I've thrived a lot of things. So I have a very robust opinion about a lot of stuff. And I can weigh in from my experience and you might find value in that. And though I think you would, I feel like you would say the same thing about yourself. I do agree. PhD in life. Like I I, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, you know, I got it. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, let's get into it now. Now I'm going to ask you first. You go first. Um, step parents. Did you have one? Are you one? What What are your initial thoughts when you hear the words step parents? Right. Um, at first, when I was younger, it had like a negative connotation, kind of sort of, because I always heard bad stories. So growing up, yes, I had one, but I was not treated like a stepchild at at all not by his family not by him like that's my dad um mm -hmm. and i thank god for placing someone like that in my life especially after i heard all the bad stories and now i am one and because it had such a negative word i usually say bonus mom now my bonus child um because of my own personal feelings but yeah if 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 i didn't tell you you'll never know that that was a not my biological family at all. <laughs> so I want to ask you, I want to probe, probe a little bit there at that point. Cause you said, I have a stepfather, but I wasn't treated like a stepchild. And I want you to, for people who don't understand what that means, like when people say being treated like a stepchild, what do you think comes to mind for people? Hard knock life, like an orphan Annie, and, <laughs> and they just don't claim you. They just treat you like Cinderella, like you're not invited to the ball. You get the scraps of the food, you know, that you're just not parented like you feel they would their own biological child. And, and I, I think that's crazy because there's not always evidence that that's the truth, right? Like a lot of times right. we believe these things we believe and, it because and we haven't even seen it. Cinderella, everything like it was just always so negative to us. And we're the kids and we're watching that. So, yeah. And Life Jennings said something and it never left me in his song called Hypothetical. He said, and if I had a child with you, that was my biological child. Is it me being immature if I love that child a little more? Or I remember that song. 
or is it me being human? And, you, you know, my mom me? and my dad had a child together and I didn't see a difference on how he treated me versus my brother. So it really made me feel extra good about him being my dad. <laughs> so, so let me just, I, I want to start from this perspective first, and then we can build out on the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember Cinderella too, too, too much, but I think, cause I only saw it like when I was a young girl, I haven't seen it in my adulthood or like my children didn't really watch it. Um, but I feel like I remember Cinderella having sisters, stepsisters mm -hmm. and their mom treated them well. And then, mm -hmm didn't treat Cinderella well. Correct. Is that what it was? That's what it was. And so what you're saying is in the mind of children who may have seen this film, if that had been our only exposure to a step parent in our heads, we've kind of been preconditioned to see a step parent as someone who would treat us different than they treated their own biological yeah. children and kids not having the language and not being able to explain it. That's sort of how they would see it. Correct. And I think that's so important because if you think about it this way, if as a child, that is your exposure to a step parent, then I believe this and I, I don't have the data to support it, but I believe it would exist somewhere. I'm going to read more about this and come back to you on this. I believe if you come into the situation with that as the mindset, you're going to be looking for evidence to invalidate the feeling you're coming into the situation with versus coming into a situation with no prior like ideas of anything. And so you're open to the experience and then you allow the experience to sort of shape itself. So in many ways, it's almost like you're kind of coming in, not traumatized, but like traumatized and like right. you're looking for things to trigger that trauma in your head. Right. And then imagine if the Cinderella story is actually your mom or your dad. So they're poisoning you about your step parent anyway before <laughs> because they don't want you to like them. So now you're still going over there with this in your head because, oh, my mama said, or my daddy said, and my daddy said he can't touch me if that person actually has their other parent, the other parent actively involved in their lives as well. So I grew up with a stepfather. Um, my mother was married um, to my brother's dad. She was with my brother. My, I have two brothers from him. And she was with him from, I don't know, the time I was in maybe third or fourth grade until out of my high school years, they were together for a long time. And so the result of their relationship was that they had two children. I can tell you as a child, my brother and I, and when I say my brother, I'm referring to Kedrick, the one I'm closest to because we're like a year or so apart. And so we were together. And then my other three brothers lived with my mom and my stepdad. And my brother and I felt like there was a difference in the treatment. I think it started with the fact that parents don't really feel compelled to have the conversation. A, a lot of parents, at least in the past, don't right. feel compelled or didn't feel compelled to have the conversation with their children about the fact that, hey, this is 
my husband or wife now, hey, this new person is a part of our life and we're building a a blended family together. A lot of times that wasn't a conversation that was really coming up, right? So I think if you have a dynamic where it's like my grandparents, my mom, me and my brother, right? And then you start dating somebody, okay, cool. But if you never take the time to have the conversation with me and say, hey, this person is now a part of my life, automatically that's going to start the relationship off with us feeling as though this person is taking some aspect of our life away from us because we were never included in the decision-making process when this person was added to the equation. And since I wasn't included in the decision-making process, why you want to include me in liking this person? Why you want to include me in bonding with this person? Yeah. So that starts it, right? That starts it. Now, what could happen is you could have a kid who, because they don't feel included, they resist or act like they're not a part of the equation, like they don't feel included. They don't feel as compelled to display or give that same level of respect they might give for a biological parent because you never really took the time to formalize this this, this thing we have that we're trying to call a family, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that starts the, the rub. Now, the other part, and you mentioned it a little while ago, is, okay, so let's just say you do introduce this person and you integrate them into the family, but now you have a biological parent who is also a part of the equation that can further complicate things for the child and the parent in this whole dynamic because for a child who has their biological parent and now they have the step parent and then they have the other parent who's with the, it's like, okay, who am I to be loyal to? How do I navigate all of this? And, and let me go back because a lot of times when we're telling our story, we, we leave out pieces. I was two going on three. So I'm young. Mm-hmm. And my biological father and my shack voice biological didn't bother. <laughs> so mm-hmm. mine was a little easy compared to somebody that's nine years old that has an active father. That's fair. My father, we talked about him couple episodes ago. So my father was active in my life. And when my mother started dating her, um, my, my brother's dad, her, who eventually became her husband, I don't think there was a lot of conversation around him. I can tell you that as a child, I remember not liking him because of the way I saw him engage with my mom sometimes, because that's the other part of this thing too. Right. And I know you're taught like keep your business to yourself because you and your mate get over it, but your friends don't, or you you really don't. But I don't think sometimes we think about the children who are a part of the equation. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, the children are in the house and they have front row seats to everything that's happening. And so a lot of times children are there and present and they can hear things and see things that cause them to develop and cultivate feelings about this person and parents like to say it's not a child's place to have an opinion about things. But I think we need to understand that if my biological mother or father is in a relationship with someone else who isn't my biological mother or father, and I see this person disrespect, cause Mm -hmm. harm or hurt my biological parent, it is naturally going to cause me to have disdain towards this person and the level of respect will likely diminish because I'm observing you mistreat the person who I am biologically connected to. And we have to be real about that and acknowledge that. Correct. And then it's causing you not to show up the way I know you have or can for me, because now you're in this 
saddened state or you feel a certain type of way and he's draining you. So now you can't even show up as the mother that I'm used to seeing. Which is going to cause me to also feel a way towards this person, right? And so we're speaking from experience again, because I can tell you for sure that my mom, you know, when I watched my stepdad and, and my mom get into it, it made me feel a way towards him. That was the first layer or level of like, you're not really my person, you know? And so then I have my dad on the other side. And then we talked about comparison in the mom episode. And I think it's a good place to bring that comparison back up. I think it's natural for children to be like, okay, my mom acts this way. My stepmom is this way. I like my mom better. And so we don't know how to process that different emotion and say, okay, well, they're different, but that's okay. And a lot of times parents don't take the time to have the conversation and say, they're different. Their leadership style mm -hmm. is different as parents. That's okay. And it's all right if they don't cook the food the same way I cook it, or it's okay if they don't address mm -hmm. the problem the same way I address it. Parents don't always feel compelled to have the conversation because they feel like, and when I say parents, I'm talking about Black parents, because again, I'm speaking from my Black experience. We have been raised like, stay in a child's place, right? Stay in a child's place. So this is not a child's conversation where I need to be addressing with you the differences in the way these parents operate. But these things cause children to respond to situations in a way right. because of this experience. And meanwhile, y'all still childish. Y'all acting childish because of the things that <laughs> you're doing. And some of them were still kids. So y'all being... The whole house is... Well, what do you we mean when you say that? Because I don't think I follow that. What do you mean? When our parents, they're 19 and they're 20, 21, having all these arguments and not being able to properly communicate because they haven't even been taught. So they're still acting like children. But yeah. they want us to stay in a child's place. But I'm looking back now like, yeah, you were acting just like a child too. Rightfully so. Well, I'm not going to say rightfully so, but I get it now. Because mm -hmm. you actually really were a child. But we don't know that because we're looking at our we parents. We're like, you're the adult and I'm the child. And so I'm expecting, well, I don't even know if there's an expectation, but I think it's just what we see. We formulate opinions based on what we see and we feel that it gives us a right to respond. However, we choose to respond because of what we've seen. And I go back and do the math. I'm like, wait a minute. So when I was 16, you were only? Mm -hmm. And then I go back to think about, okay, when I was 33, this is what I was doing. And you had a whole 16-year-old when you're 33. I'm like, um, One man. of the things you mentioned last episode, you talked about the disrespect towards your stepfather and the things you said to him and how you realized that your mom, who you thought was, um, you, I think you used the word weak. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. You thought she was being weak because she was choosing to diffuse situations or at times you felt that she was taking his side. And then as you grew older and had your own family, you understood mm -hmm. what it took to keep the peace and maintain the equilibrium in the household, right? And so I think that's such a fascinating perspective because I know for sure it's plenty of times my brother and I would get very upset with my stepfather, right? Because my mom would want to do things for us or want to take us places and he would always weigh in and have an opinion. And whenever his opinion was in opposition of what we wanted to do, we were like, he's a hater. He make us, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he, just, he don't want to see her do stuff for us, you know? And it just, it, we always internalized that because we felt like, 
you just don't want to see her do things for us because you're competing with us. Like we didn't, we never said those words to him, but we definitely felt that thing. Right. And so it caused us to respond to him different than we responded to our own mother. Cause we just felt like he wasn't as connected to us, especially when they had children. So I want to talk about that for a second, because once they had children, oh, don't let them do anything for my brothers. Okay. It was like, it's because those are your children and we're not your children. And then it became this comparison thing that made our relationship super weird. Correct. And I'm just going to go back and then we'll come forward. Because I see my mom and she's such an angel, this and an angel that there's no way she could have ticked my dad off. It had to be all him. But when I got older and I start ticking people off, I'm like, well, maybe she did, <laughs> you know, start a argument. And I didn't see that part. I did not want to see that part. All I saw. And like you said, all I felt because I'm going to side with my mom, biological blood, all of that. I couldn't see where she might have started something. And he just responded. And then so like you said, here comes the new baby. I'm I'm 15 when they have mm. my little beautiful brother. <laughs> I remember when, um, and I know we're talking about my high school years, right? But I remember when I had my son versus um, after having my daughter, right? So my son was a baby at the time. And my daughter used to be so upset because she felt like we gave him so much more attention and so much more love. And it was constantly this process of having to validate that we love them the same. I didn't really know how to navigate that space when she was younger because I hadn't really taken the time to understand the need to have certain conversations or to approach situations in a certain way. But I think this is important because, you know, as I think about the complications that come up when you have children that don't have the same mom and dad is so important for us to be intentional about how we navigate those relationships and things that we might've been taught are not a child's like children are not there. They're not entitled to this or they don't deserve this. I think we have to frame that thinking. And I think we have to allow ourselves to entertain the idea that we should be having these conversations with kids and addressing these feelings because creating that open space for dialogue where kids are able to ask questions and discuss mm -hmm. feelings, it allows them to build healthier and stronger relationships with us as parents and or step parents. And they're smarter. Kids are so much smarter than we even give them credit for. They're able to even probably feel more because they're in tune. They haven't had a lot of distraction going. So they're a little bit more pure and they're able to sense things a little bit better. That's what I feel than we even know. Yeah. So, yeah, we might not want to talk about it. And I think... I might get beat up again. Here come the tussling. I do feel that some women and some men treat, if they have kids from. I'm so 